0: Hey, kids, we're in a series called In My Opinion. It's kind of a play on words. So how many kids have an opinion? How many of you kids have an opinion about how long I should preach today? How many of you will in about a half an hour, trust me. All right. So in my opinion, what, what, what the thing is is, is adults are judgmental. And maybe you've found yourself to be that way too, where we're always thinking something about someone else. We're always judging people um, by the way they look or what they say or how they act. or a lot of times we judge them on much more frivolous things than that. And so we as adults have been trying to stop being judgmental. We've been trying to wait on the Lord. we've been trying to think what his thoughts. We've been trying to listen to His voice. There's this verse, kind of a key verse for our series, which is uh, from chapter 7, Matthew, Matthew, John. We're in John. Just stay in John. John chapter 7, verse 24, which is Do not judge by appearances. Do not judge by appearances, but judge with right judgment. So, appearances, human standards, popular opinions, don't judge that way. Judge with right judgment. Well, you can ask your parents what the right judgment is, and we'll see if they were listening the last three weeks. How about that for a test? Now, make sure you ask your parents. All right, good. All right. So, we're going to answer this question today, uh, who is Jesus? But we're going to start with this, judging Jesus correctly. The title of the message today is judging Jesus correctly. Now, I'm not sure we should judge Jesus at all. Let's just be clear. Judging Jesus seems like step back. Lightning might strike, but Jesus is a loving person, and he's not put off by your questions or your judgments of him, but he'll keep coming back and hoping that you judge him rightly. He'll keep coming back and hope that you judge him as the God and the loving person that he is, and you're going to see that in the story. Basically, nobody would ever preach John 8 if they weren't preaching through the Bible, Through the book of John. Because it's just a big argument. You like arguments? I don't, I mean, I like to debate. But I don't necessarily like arguments that much. So this is a big, long argument between Jesus and the religious leaders. Like Jesus and the pastors, right? And you're like, well, why are they arguing? They should be on the same page. Well, you're going to see in the story... Some things that they're arguing about, and uh, we're going to answer this question Who is Jesus? Who really is Jesus? So, here's what I want you to do, adults. We're going to judge Jesus correctly today. I need you to deactivate your inner lawyer. You know the thing that's always talking to you about you and about everybody else? The thing that's saying to you, Yeah, here we go again. Steve's just going to blah, blah, blah. Why did I come? Oh, I came for the worship, I came for the community. I need you to deactivate that inner lawyer, the thing that's speaking negatively to you right now. I need you to ask yourself this question. Do I argue with Jesus? I think this is a message where we have to look in the mirror and we have to see ourselves in the Pharisees. And rather than judging them, you always want to put yourself in the story, right? And I always want to be Jesus in the story but truly I'm not. I'm the other party, which is the Pharisees. And so, I ask again, do you argue with Jesus? I know I do. I know I did this week. I'm not proud of it, but I want to be real in church. I don't think that that's good, God. I don't think that what you're doing is the right thing, God. I look at it this way, Lord, Truth in church, I think we all struggle with a bit of an argumentative attitude or thinking we know better than Jesus does. And how ridiculous is that? Jesus is the creator of the universe, He knows everything, He knows exactly what you need and what's good for you. And it's amazing but we kind of got to get there. So let's answer these questions. So who who is Jesus? Really, who is Jesus? Here's the first thing. Jesus is light, not darkness. Okay, just just so we're clear. Jesus is light, not darkness. So we kind of think about Jesus in a way that like, well, you know, he's raining on my parade. It's kind of stormy where I live because Jesus sent rain today. Jesus is actually light, not darkness. It says here in verse twelve. Do you see it? Who sees it? You see it? Good, good. I got a couple kids that see it. I got no adults that will admit that they see it. Come, to, come to Christ like a child. Again, Jesus spoke to them. So again, just flip your Bible over, just a second to the left. Um, in verse 37 of chapter 7, it says, On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Who wants that? I want that. And he says, now this is, he said about the Spirit, that's the Holy Spirit, whom those who believe in him were to receive. For as yet, the Spirit has not been given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Jesus hadn't died yet on the cross, he hadn't risen from the dead, he hasn't ascended to the Father, he was still with them. Once Jesus was no longer with them, he was going to send another part of God. The Holy Spirit, right? Three persons. He was going to send God, the Holy Spirit, to be with us, to, with those who believe. That was the last thing he said. Now I got to remind you, we're talking about a feast. Who likes a party? Any kids? You want a party? Party with the pastor next week. If you haven't been to party with the pastor, you got to do it. Okay, like I like a party especially a birthday party, but a feast will do. It's a whole week. The cool thing about this party is there's dancing and fun every evening in the temple to the light. I'll get to that in a second. But here's the thing that you're going to be like, what? At least the adults are. The kids will be like, yeah, we get to stay outside. So the picture is, remember a couple of weeks ago I showed you, like this is the Feast of the Tabernacles, and they would live outside, in something like that, that stick thing. So we would live in a tent. So if you have a perfectly good house, kids, what do you think about living outside in a tent? You think that's a good idea or a bad idea? Everybody give me a thumbs up or a thumbs down. I got a sideways. I got mostly thumbs up over here. Do I got any thumbs down? I can't see any thumbs down. Oh, I got a couple thumbs down over here. Oh, yeah, thumbs down. My daughter's like, that ain't happening. <laughs> Great we won't pull out the tent they were basically tenting not living in their own house the reason they were doing this is they were remembering the wilderness experience where Jesus was providing for them along the wilderness journey right how many of you guys have heard about Moses yeah Moses right so Moses starts with the burning bush right And then it kind of goes on and he rescues the people. We have all the plagues. And then it goes on and they're walking through the desert for 40 years. But Jesus provided bread from heaven, manna. That was chapter 5, 6, 6, I think. He provided water from the rock. That was chapter 7. And now he's like, I provided you light. Can you imagine how dark it would be out in the desert with no light? I mean, he gave the moon, but he was a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. He was the light. So Jesus stands up and he says again, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. That's a bold statement. Jesus is not a timid guy. To stand up during this dance at night, people are walking around. There's these menorahs. Okay, they would set them up. These big menorahs. We got a picture of that. There it is. So they would set these up in the in the temple of the or the court of the women, right? And and they would they would have these this party this dance dance off dance dance revolution, right? It'd be awesome, and. Uh, Jesus is in the middle of that and he's like, hey, 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 I am the light of the world. That's a bold statement. He's either a liar, maybe a lunatic, or he's God. But you know what? You get to choose in your own mind, in your own heart, what you think. That's your reality. Perception is reality. That's what they say. Your perception of Jesus is your reality. But I'll tell you something. There is the truth. And Jesus speaks the truth own sin and self-righteousness except through me. It's bold. Jesus is reminding them that he is the pillar of fire. He is saying, hey, you used to follow God every day, every night. You used to follow God in the wilderness. And Jesus is clearly saying, I am God and you should follow me. I'm the light. Stop walking in darkness and evil and sin and ignorance and start walking and following the light of life. That is Jesus. So here's the point. The application is this. It's very clear. Right from the text we are you're going to see it over in verse 22 after he says I'm leaving they're like where, oh where are you going you're going to kill yourself like where, where you're going religious leaders are would anybody in this room want to say that hey Jesus you're from hell and we're from heaven that seems a bit self-righteous to me anybody else It goes on. They prove that they're worldly. He says, you are from the world. I'm from above, you're from below. I'm not from this world, you're from this world. We're worldly. Kids probably don't understand what that means yet. But you're growing up in a world. You're seeing TV. You're seeing people act. You're seeing billboards that are trying to market you and get you to think a certain way. You're seeing the way people dress, the way people talk. And it's worldly. But the Bible says we are not from this world. We are supposed to be different than this world. So whatever you see on the TV and you see in the store and you see, maybe even the behavior of your parents, (laughs) I'm sure they're repentant, That's not exactly how we're like supposed to live. We're supposed to live by this book right here. It's called the Bible. This is our book for living. That's why we're studying it right now. You might be like, "Why doesn't he have a flannel graph up there? You guys still do that?" Why isn't there a TV? We're just reading the word. And doing what it says best we can. I follow Jesus by admitting my self righteousness. Now, here, I want to say this just to get out of this point here. Light bears witness to itself, it tells you it's there. True? David's like, yeah, it kind of does. Like, this, this, there's light. If we shut all this off and this was the only thing, it'd be like, I'm here. Here I am. It's kind of like when I get up in the morning and I see there's a crack about our door to our bedroom and it's beaming light through that crack. You know want to know why? My son Quinn is up, and every light is on in the house. Happened this morning. I'm here. I'm awake. And by the way, I'm eating brownies. (laughs) Just saying. You know the funny thing is? I go to his I walk through the crumbs of brownies in the basement after I've shut off all the lights upstairs. I'm shutting lights off downstairs, except for I have to pick up the crumbs first. I walk into his bedroom. (laughs) Chocolate everywhere. And you know in that moment. You can choose as the authority to be upset, judgmental. Why did you do that? Or you can choose to what? To love. Right? And so I'm like, hey, Quinn, like if if you're going to eat brownies for breakfast, at least don't make a mess. You know, like eat it upstairs in the kitchen. Why? Because I love them. I love them. And that's the next point. Who is Jesus? He is love, not judgment. So I think we all have this idea of God that He, like, hates us. When I was growing up, when I was your age, kids, um, I thought God was like this troll or ogre. Underneath the bridge, right? And if I did something wrong, I was gonna incur the wrath of the troll or the ogre, right? I felt like God was up in the sky and like if I s- stayed on the path, I was fine, but if I didn't and I came off the path, then lightning bolts were gonna, sh- 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 sh. things were gonna happen in my life that were bad. Here's the truth things are gonna happen in your life that are bad. That's not because of God and because He's judging you or doesn't love you. That's because this world is tainted with sin. That's our problem that Jesus is trying to deal with through His Son, Jesus Christ. So I have a wrong view of God growing up and I pray that you won't have a wrong view of God growing up. I pray that you'll know that God is fond of you he loves you very much. He is not furious with you. It's like Brent and his little baby girl, right? Brent had a baby yesterday. You're like, why is he here? I don't, yeah, I don't know. It's going to take the whole week off. Maybe he won't be here next week, right? So when he held that baby, he was like, why well, you don't look right. Well, you don't. Well, why are you burping? Well, I didn't know I could love this much. And the only reason we can love that much is because God is love. He is love, not judgment. Judgment. let's just talk about that for a second. We think we know about people. Maybe you think you know about your kid. Maybe your kid thinks he, he knows she knows about you. Maybe you're making judgments about a husband or a wife or a friend or a coworker. We think we know about people, but we're really ignorant invalid judges we judge by a human standard see it in the text so so the pharisees verse 13 said to him you are bearing witness about yourself and your testimony is not true now if i had more time i would flip back to chapter 5 and i would show you from verse 30 they're basically quoting himself they're quoting him he said that but they're quoting him out of context you ever do that to your parents you ever get kind of sassy? But you said I could, right? Kids, please don't be sassy with your parents. That's what an argument really is. It's sass. It's talking back. And they're talking back to him. And Jesus could have been like, go away. That's it. You've got to time out. He could have responded with anger or judgment and he was right to do it. He's God. But look at how he responds. Jesus answered. Just the small things in the Bible. Jesus answered. What a loving thing to do to give an answer to somebody who's mocking you. Even if I do bear witness about myself, my testimony is true. For I know, I want you to circle that, I know where I came from. And where I am going. But you do not know where I came from or where I am going. You judge according to the flesh. The human standard. The appearances. I judge no one. Now if you just read that, you're like, what? Jesus is the righteous judge. He's going to judge everybody at the end of it all. Read it in context. I judge no one according to the flesh. Jesus isn't making any judgments based on appearances. He's not making any judgments based on human effort, human appearance, human standards. He's not judging you that way. Stop thinking God's judging you the way you judge other people. He doesn't do that. I judge no one according to the flesh. Yet even if I do judge, my judgment is true. For it it is not I alone who judge, but I am the Father who sent me. In your law, now he's going to give them an example. In your law, it's written that the testimony of two or three people okay, it says two here, but if you read Deuteronomy 176, 1915, or numbers 35,30, I won't turn to those because it sake of time again. He says, two or three people, right? And the testimony of two people is true. I am the one who bears witness about myself, and the Father is the one who bears witness about me. You ever get in trouble, kids? Who gets in trouble? When you get in trouble, you want to bring a witness. Mom, Dad, hold on, wait, wait, wait a second. Before you give me a punishment, I'd just like to say that my six-year-old, Quinn, says, That I didn't do it. I didn't eat brownies. It wasn't me. You want to have a witness. You want to have somebody stand up for you. You want to have somebody tell the truth, for goodness sake. Have you ever been in a situation where you didn't have somebody tell the truth? Or bear false witness? Woo! That's hard. So you want somebody to tell the truth about you. But can you imagine our Father God being the star witness at your defense? Because that's what Jesus is saying. I have a witness. A star witness. I'll only need one. His name is the Father. My Father. How about that? They said to him, where is your father? Again, this is snarky. I mean, this is flat out rude. Good evidence that Joseph, his father, was past, And this probably was a very painful statement to him. But Jesus, instead of responding in the flesh or judging incorrectly, what does he do? Look at what he does. Jesus answered, You know neither me Well, physically they did. What's he talking about? Spiritually. You need to know neither me nor my father. Not talking about my earthly father Joseph, stepfather. I'm talking about my father God. If you knew me, you would know my father also. If you knew me spiritually, you would know my daddy. That's what he's saying. You're off. These words he spoke in the treasury as he taught in the temple but no one arrested him because his hour had not come. There's two things that are important about that. One, they don't get that he's talking about spiritual things, or they would pick up stones and stone him because he's saying that his father is God. He's basically saying he's God. So they would stone him if they understood that he was speaking in the way he's actually speaking. Second, His Father, God, is in control. you got to know this. Do you know this? Your Father, God, is in control. If it's not your time, it's not your time. I think that was for us. We forget about God's sovereignty. There's people here that are struggling with a disease that will kill them if God doesn't intervene. How do we look at that? I don't like it. I don't want that. Or can we see that God is sovereign and that life is short and eternity is long? And that's where I want to be anyway. So as long as he leaves me here, great, praise be to God. But when he takes me, praise be to God. Here's the point. Give it to you at the end here. I know or understand Jesus by listening to, learning from, and abiding in his word. I added a few things. Listening to, learning from, and abiding in his word. Hey kids, look at me. I know you're busy doing a coloring sheet or having fun. That's cool. But like, look at me just a second. There is one reason that we taught our kids to read. One reason alone. It is to read the word of God, the truth. There are a lot of textbooks you're going to read in life. There's a lot of books that you'll have fun reading. But this book is the absolute, 100% truth. And I pray that you will learn to read. And then that you will read this book. That you'll listen to God as he speaks to you through it. That you'll learn from it and that you'll abide in it that you'll saturate yourself in it. The Bible says my thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. Hide it in your heart, put it in your mind, strap it on as the armor of your soul. Am I just talking to the kids adults? No, I am not. I need to know and understand Jesus by listening to, learning from, and abiding in His Word. When was the last time you heard Jesus say, I hate you? He's never said that. But in your head, you've said that He said that several times in your life. When was the last time that Jesus said, you're not good enough? He hasn't said that to you. I know from his word, he has not said that to you. But how many times have you thought to yourself, that's what God's saying to me right now? This is a strong word. It impacts me greatly. He is love, not judgment. So, I do want to flip over to one passage real quickly, because I think it proves this point. It's very familiar to everyone John 3. Just flip back a couple pages to John 3. I'm going to start in verse 16. That ought to be familiar. It's very fitting. We can argue with God about what he's doing or what he's saying or who he says he is, or we can just read his word and apply it to our life. Here it is. Verse 16, John 3, 16. Anybody know it? For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him that's the key, believes in him, should not perish, that means die, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. So if you're hearing something in your voice right now about how God doesn't like you and how Jesus doesn't think you're good enough, that's not what the Bible says. He didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved, rescued, through him, through his blood, washing our sins away. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already. That's right, kids. You grew up condemned. You grew up wrong. You grew up a sinner, and so did I. But since I grew up in church, I thought, I'm all good. I'm better than the people that don't go to church. And therefore, self-righteousness set in in my life. And I just want to remind you that we are all sinners. And that's where salvation starts. You need to be rescued from your own sin. If you don't think you're a sinner, you can't be saved from your sin. Not just talking to the kids. Condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world and people love darkness rather than the light because their works, their deeds were evil.